everyone, and welcome to Minute 7 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1988 Bruce Willis action flick Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Tyler Howitt of the Couch Potato Philosophy Podcast. Welcome back, Tyler. Uh, it is, as always, glad to be here. Well, we're, uh, hopefully you're, you're <laughs> in the mood to chit-chat a little bit, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. The, gr- the girl had the, day off, had, had, uh, had the day off, so we'll have to see. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, minute seven begins with John finishing his question and ends with Argyle starting to get a little too personal with his questions. Yes, he does, and it's great. Yes, because it pushes John right out of his comfort zone off the bat, and I love it. Yes, yes, and and it also gives us a lot of a lot more information than than we had beforehand, which is yes, I guess the main reason why they're doing it. One hundred percent. This is this is also you know this is how you do exposition well you know uh, so many movies just have exposition dumps where you don't know why somebody is telling you their entire life story um, this is it's a conversation they don't know each other so there's a reason to be talking about it Argyle's nervous he's chatting him up uh, he's he's nervous so he's also you know going too personal um, but it's I think it's I think it is a great uh, a great way to do exposition in a film like this yes I completely agree with you on that. So it yesterday we ended the minute with John saying, "Okay, Argyle," and we continue with, "What do we do now?" <laughs> Which is such a great yep. question, you know. It's it's good. And our, I love Argyle's response. I was uh, hoping you could tell me. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. and what, you're like, uh, wait. what I wonder is, what's the big deal here? You know, Argyle has been hired. You know, he's been hired. Yeah. I, maybe he works in a limo company. I'm assuming he's not working for Nakatomi himself, based on based on the way that it's shown in the movie. But you you don't know. Yeah. I, I assume not. But you know he's been given instructions: pick this guy up at the airport and take him to Nakatomi. So yeah. what's the big deal? Like why why is he making such a uh, like who cares? <laughs> I I always wondered if it was the if it was almost the social part of, of it. Like the, the, uh, I was hoping you could tell me, meaning, do I need to go get your bags? Do I need to, do I need to carry your bags for you? That's, that's how I read it because he obviously knows where he's going. Right. Is it, so is it, do we sit, do we stand here and talk or do we, or do we just go? Right. Um, okay. There could be, could be. And, and then, you know, Argyle lets us in a little secret that it's just, he goes, it's my first time driving a limo. You know, which is, <laughs> Which is pretty funny, you know, that that, that they yeah. decided to add that in here, you know, to make it that this guy has, you know, we're going to find out a little later that, that he is a professional driver, but this is yeah. the first time that he's actually driving a limo. Yep. You know, yep. so it, it, it uh, gives us a little bit more about him, you know, that uh, I and I think also it, it, it shows somewhat of the difference. And, and John's response is, oh, that's OK. It's my yeah. first time riding in one, which. I think is also they're trying to show social classes here. Yes, I you think know, so. Which which uh, goes back to the question that you you asked yesterday as to whether you know which we couldn't get a definitive answer on whether John was flying first class or not because right. he's not. I my I assumed and I still assume that he's not flying first class because that's just not who he is. You know, just like he's saying right. now, I've never driven in a limo before. You know, he's not high society. He's. Yeah. He's upper, upper, I guess you could say upper middle class. You know, because, well, particularly with Holly's job has probably pushed him into the upper, upper middle well, class it has, a little it's bit. Well, it's pushed her. It's pushed her. It hasn't pushed him. 
That's true. Yeah, you know, we don't uh, know how well, long she's had this job before. for. Right. True. We, true. That, she's we'll, been we'll get to that. In, yeah. We're, oh, we're yeah. Gonna, we're going to get to that. That's true. That comes yeah, up. Yeah, they, they bring right. something up that, that says something about that. Yeah. But, that's you know, it shows the two of them. It, it also shows the 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 con- converse way of looking at both Argyle and John. Yeah. You know. One ingratiates Argyle right to John. It ingratiates them to each other right away uh, because they're – they're both on the wrong foot, essentially, and and you know they're not they're not sure where to go, what to do, um, and and I think it it ingratiates both of them to us right away too. Of of okay, if I'm if I'm the guy walking up in the air, airport, I mean, how often have we had have you been the guy with the uh, not the guy with the sign, but the guy looking for a sign? I I haven't. Uh, no, I, I have. I have a lot. Either. In, in, you know, you know um, maybe so looking that, for family. You always you know, see that them. type of thing, but you see you do yeah. see the people waiting for them. Yeah. yeah, and so it's, it, it it kind of puts you in that oh what oh what would that be if I was the guy you know you do think that is oh I wish I've I've even gone through my head of what if I just told him that yeah I'm I'm Joe Schmidt Smith yeah. over there yeah totally you know just but you never have because you're not that gutsy but it just it's one of those things you think about doing well didn't didn't so. George did that once didn't he he knew some guy was uh, yeah there was there was this guy that missed the plane and George saw when they landed that there was a there was a a limo waiting for this guy and he pretended yeah. to be him and it turns out that they were like uh, neo-nazis or something like that you know oh yikes the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember that that would be a problem yeah i've I've actually only driven in a limo once once in my life and yeah. it was we i remember i think it was probably in like 11th grade or something like that we we did a uh a i i grew up i grew up in this no i grew up in the suburbs of, of detroit and okay. we did a scavenger hunt around the city mm. And we all had like different, there, there were different teams and each team was going in a limo and it, it took wow. us all over the place and stuff like that. It was, it was a lot of fun. I don't remember the, an, enough about it, like what we were looking for sure. and stuff like that. But I, you know, I still remember being in a limo at that point for that. Yeah. I never have never driven a limo. Uh, I've, I have sat in a couple of limos uh, and they were, but they were at like, uh, I think they were at museums. There was a car museum or something like that. I've sat in a limo, but even for my wedding, we had, uh, it was a, a, a friend of the family who, um, had just a really nice, it was a nice Mercedes and like an old vintage Mercedes and he drove us home, but so it wasn't a, wasn't a limo there, but just, yeah, just, it's one of those you always think of. But for me, I always think, Ooh, what would that be like? Just cause I haven't done it. Right. I mean, I think, I think at my first wedding, uh, I'm, 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 I'm on my second marriage now. And the first one, I, I think when we were taking pictures, we were at like this, this nice place to take pictures. And there was another couple that was there and they had a limo and we just like took pictures yeah. next to the limo. You know, there you just, go. Just to have them, you know, not that, sure. not that they mean anything anymore, you know, but that's separate. <laughs> <issue>. <laughs> sure. We won't, we won't get into that. <laughs> no, no, no. And then, and then uh, the, the, the shot changes and we get to see the hood of, of the, the limo. And I love the shot because we can see the reflection of both Argyle and John in the hood. Yes. You know, it shows yes. that, that whoever washed this, this limo did such a spick and span job there, yep. you know, that it really oh, yeah. shines. It's a fancy limo. It's a very yeah. fancy limo and you can see them, you know, and then we, we see the two of them and, you know, it, it, it's still funny for me, even though I've seen this movie so many times, the fact that yep. John is sitting up front, you know, Oh, Every time, and the bear sitting in back, and the bear sitting is, in which back, which is also just funny, right? Because yeah. again, you know, I, I mentioned before that that I've only been in a limo once, but based on what you see in movies and based on what you know, in a limo you sit yeah. in the back. 
Also, yeah. also and in a taxi. Position up and you're not going to talk. Exactly. Yeah. In a taxi, unless you're more than enough people to sit in the back, you're all sitting in, in you know, every, you're just sitting in the back. You, know, you don't sit in the front. So no, and you're just, definitely not going to start off with with which what the next line is here uh, of Argyle being so excited to show off everything. So yeah. um it's yeah. it, it it shows that equalizing of again we talk we talking about class so we're talking about these these almost power dynamics between these characters and John is determined to not be above this guy, you know, and he's he's yeah. determined to we, we are going to just sit here and we are going to chat. Yeah. So then, even though he doesn't really want to talk, <laughs> exactly. Then Argyle says, "Relax, we got everything in this mug, man. Look at this: <laughs> CD, CB, TV, telephone, full bar, VHS." And he Ooh, that laughing. VHS player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 and he's so excited, and you can tell even more. This is one of those, you know, showing rather than telling. He, we did, we were told before that this is his first time, but you can tell he's so excited about having all of this stuff in the car that he gets to drive. And, yeah. and I, I think it's just great. Yeah. And, and part of the question that I ask is, okay, John's sitting up front and he's telling him all these things. Most of these things are probably for someone in the back. So yep. like, is he, is he trying to convince him? Okay. I'm going to pull over and you can go in the back and, you know, use the CD or, or use the TV or whatever you want. Use the full bar. You know, it's, it's Maybe. funny. With... I mean, again, it's as you said, it's it's used here in order to let us know, you know, how excited Argyle is to be driving this limo. Yeah. John John isn't phased by any of this stuff at all. He's not. He yeah. doesn't say to himself, "Ooh, you have a VHS." You know, it's like yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter to him from any of these things. It really doesn't. Yeah. No, none of it tempts him. He's I'm sitting in the front. Yeah. And the the truth is, I mean, you see John yawning. As yeah. as he's saying all this, which is even funnier, yep. you know, here he's just gotten off the the four hour flight or five hour flight from from New York, and you know he's tired and he doesn't really yep. care about all these things. That no, that, he wants that, his, he wants his cigarette and he's gonna he's gonna smoke in the car while they while they while they talk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So all right, now he, Argyle just listed off a whole bunch of things. Let's 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 test your knowledge on some of these things. Yep. All right. So uh, in in last season. I spent uh, quite a lot of time talking about CDs, so I'm not going to go that okay. far into it right now. But so, you know, back in 1988, CDs were not that as popular as they are, or actually they're they're no longer popular now either. But, no. <laughs> you know, they're not as popular as they were over the 20-year the period from the 90s till, uh, you know, the 2010s. Of that list, of that list, the VHS is the one that's coming, is weirdly coming back. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So a CD is a digital optical disc data storage format, which was developed by Philips and by Sony in order to store and play digital audio recordings. The first compact disc was manufactured. Do you know when? What would be your guess? Oh, shoot. Uh, 82. Wow, that's great. How'd you know uh, that? That's right. I, you know I have that? no idea. I knew, I knew early 80s, but I didn't know anything else. Oh, that's great. And it was known as a digital audio compact disc. Uh, huh. Later, later on, they adapted the format to be able to store data on, for CD-ROMs. Sure. And then they they started creating uh, write-only audio and data storage. So they had the CDRs and CDRWs and oh, VCDs. Oh, I remember when we got, I had my CDRW. Yeah. Uh, that was the best because yeah. you could make 
multiple playlists uh, that you burned and after thing you uh you for sure legally downloaded things off of LimeWire and uh and uh, Napster. Napster. You know? There you go. Yeah. And then uh you know people were putting photo CDs they, they create photo CDs, yep. picture CDs, you know, enhanced music CDs and stuff like that. Yep. But if you want to hear I'm more about today. that, you can go back to uh I think it was uh either episode 90 one or 92 of planes and automobiles to to hear more about cd <laughs> I mentioned point, a lot yeah. more there yeah so the next thing he mentions is a cb so yeah I, again I, this is mentioned here because you know once again check out cb this yeah, this oh, is mentioned for later because we need it yeah yes because cb is yes. not something that people really would use that often I don't, even 1980s it was not a common thing that people were using this was something that truckers were using Yes. You know, yeah. and, and people who wanted to be in touch with truckers. <laughs> that's right. what I yeah. would say. You know. Fair. So it's it's mentioned here just from the perspective so that later on when it when it pops up in the movie, so we know why it's popping up and why it's been mentioned yeah. before. You know, that type of thing. Now do you know what a CB what CB stands for? Uh Citizens Band, I believe. Tyler, you you're great. I don't, <laughs> I didn't need to do any research here. I could have just asked you and that <laughs> would have been it. Now do I know? I guess it's, it just is. It's supposed to differentiate it, I guess, between I would assume between government radio and and citizen and like regular right. old people radio. I assume. Exactly. Yeah, that's probably. The, I'm pretty sure that that's the reason for it. So they they would have 40 different channels that would run yep. at uh, 27 megahertz in the high frequency band. Citizens band is distinct from other personal radio service allocations, such as and it gives a whole list of them, including uh, ham radios and military. Yep. And and stuff like that. So, a ham. I don't know what that one stands for. I know I know that it exists, but I don't know what it stands for. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember what it stands for either. It's a it's an amateur radio service. So I don't know why it was huh. called ham. I, I didn't look no. into that because uh, you know we're we're talking about TVs. I didn't, I didn't right, even think right. to, I didn't think to even go there. You know. So uh, <laughs> yeah. So it it actually was they started using it in 1945. The, the FCC oh. commissioned it in 1945 to permit citizens to have their own radio band for personal communications. And in 1948, the the CB radios were designed for operation on the 460 to 470 megahertz uh, band. Okay. And they had two different classes of CB radios. They had the A and B. And B was the, the simpler ones. And they had more limited uh, frequency range with them. Oh, so I guess it was like okay, these are these are for the geeks and these are for the non geeks. You know, yeah. That type of yes. Thing. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah, and then uh, small businesses started using it in the '60s, and then it started getting uh, becoming very popular with with truckers. Sure. And you know most, I mean, I remember growing up when I was growing up in the late '70s, early '80s. You know, whenever you were talking about CVs, it was it was uh, truckers. I, I still, yeah, oh, hundred percent. I think at one point we had like a maybe maybe we were we were you know taking a trip with the family or something like that, and we had a CB, and we were like talking to all these different uh, truckers along the way and stuff like that. You know, everyone yeah. has their yeah. You know, everyone had their uh, uh, what do they call their call signs? There you go. Their yeah. call signs. And well, stuff and like that. it felt like when I was growing up, everybody. I grew up actually in in uh, 
in rural Michigan, a little bit south of, of Lansing. And every, everybody I knew had a friend who had their CB, their CB radio. And, you know, that was the, you know, if we weren't making prank calls, we were making prank CB calls. And, and uh, then mm-hmm. there was the urban legends of like, if you do that, ooh, they're going to find you and, and they'll, they'll, and they made so a lot of movies about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, apparently uh, Mel Blank was, was an active CB operator. And his I handles, that. he was just having fun. His handles were both Bugs and Daffy, <laughs> which which is great. Um, Betty Ford, the former first lady, was also a CB handler. Her her handle was huh. first first mama. <laughs> of course, it, of course, it was. <laughs> well, it makes sense. Why not? Sure, why not? So yeah, that that that's pretty much. But again, the I love the fact that they just throw this in here. Yeah. You know, it's it's thrown in. Yeah. You know, they're they're giving us a whole list of things, and this is the only one that's important of the of the six different things that he mentions. But you don't right. know that when you're first watching this. No, he's just listing it off, and it's in the middle of it all. So it's not even it's not the first. Hey, we have this CB radio. Just so you know, it's he's just listing it off. Uh, yeah. The other one that might be going back to our discussion yesterday uh, might be the fact that there's a telephone. He could have said, you know what, wait, I need to call my wife and, and let her know we're on our way or something like the that. The telephone's in the back. Nope. <laughs> oh, true. It's in the back. Yeah, yeah that's true. They, no, they, they, they do use the telephone later. They do. Use later it. they do. You know, later there, there's a point. So the one last thing I want to say about CBs is that uh, the FCC restricts Channel 9 to emergency communications and roadside assistance, which will also come up later in this movie. You know, when he starts talking you know on the I don't the think TV. I realize why. Yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, most highway travelers monitor channel 19 and uh, truck drivers who still use CBs, they use it for effective means of obtaining information about road construction accidents. And most importantly, what's the most important thing that truckers you think use it for? Oh, actually, I have no idea. Speed traps. Oh, of course. Why would I not think of that? <laughs> I was thinking something more sinister, but yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. I was going back to those horror movies. Yeah. There you go. Right. So the next thing you mentioned is television, which you know we yep. we both know most people don't use TV anymore. Yeah, um, not so much. They, they use the screen, but they don't. Yes. <laughs> it's not really television anymore. It's much like our phones are not really phones; they're pocket computers. Correct. That's very true. So, do you, do you know when TV was 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 uh, created? Uh, I. I know it got huge in the 50s. I want to say it was probably – I'm going to throw out a number, and again, I, I want to say 1948. Okay, um, it, was, it was actually started in the late 20s. Oh, really? Yes, but the, it took a while till it caught on. It, right, because everybody was on the radio. Right. I mean, it didn't, it didn't, radio it didn't really catch on until after World War II. Yeah. And then – you know, it started becoming more more popular in homes and businesses and different institutions and stuff like that. And then in the 50s, right. that's when it became the primary medium uh, that people were using. Right. And then in the 60s, that's when they started with color broadcasting in the U.S. and things like yep. that. So, but as as we mentioned, most people just use their TVs now as screens. That's it. Yeah, they're just screens. <laughs> yep. Yeah, sometimes you tried to watch unless you want to watch the news. That's probably like it. It's like the only thing you're gonna... yeah, which. Which I don't. I I either stream something or I, or I read it. But uh, it was the last time I tried to watch live TV was the Oscars, uh, and I had to. I couldn't. I didn't have a, a TV that could do it, and so I had to. I had to do a, a 
but a free trial for the YouTube Red or whatever it's called, and and just so I could watch the Oscars live. Well, I did that too. I did a free free trial for, and, and I watched it on my phone. But for me, it's a, yeah. It, for yeah, me, it's at three a.m., so it's a little different. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> but I I got to watch it yeah. live, and I get I get to hear it uncut. You know, and I I was gonna ask if it, yeah yeah, and I yep. and I was watching it, and I was saying to myself, is this you know is this real? Is this a bit? Is that, yeah. I thought it was a I bit. Was, I really thought it was. I, a bit. I was a hundred percent sure. I was too. When he when he screamed when he, when he started cursing and screaming the second time, at that point I knew it wasn't it was it was not a bit. Not a bit anymore. Yeah. No. But no. Whatever. We won't go there. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Do you know where Do you know where the word television comes from? Uh, like the etymology of the word. Yes. Well, vision meaning sight. Uh, I should know this. Uh, no, I not not specifically vision meaning sight. Tele. What was what would tele mean? I actually don't know. Okay, no. well, tele tele is from ancient Greek. Yeah, I assume we were talking Greek here. Yeah, yeah. it's not telos. It's not related to the word telos, which is like the end goal of things. That I don't know. It, just, it, it says what what I found was this is T E L E, tele tele is from ancient Greek, okay. meaning far. And then oh, okay. and and then visio far vision. Yeah, there. Yeah. Visio is from the Latin meaning sight. So far sight. Yeah. Yeah, I, interesting. I'm glad that they called the television as opposed to Farsight. You know. Yeah, yeah, that would be that's a whole different thing. So anything good on Farsight tonight? You know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, people started using this term back in uh, the the early 1900s. There was a Russian scientist huh. who used it. He presented a paper where he was talking about electricity and things like that. So, you know, and then it uh, it became anglicized much later sure and the the idea was you were able to transmit moving images over the telegraph or telephone wires and things like that so they again the same the same route of tele fits for yeah. for all of those the idea is that it's it does. coming from afar the telephone, abbreviation tele, tv yeah. yeah the abbreviation tv actually you, you, beforehand i asked you when was tv invented and you told me 1948 right yeah. So the abbreviation TV was start, started to be used oh. in 1948. Get out of here. That's great. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And the the, the term uh, television set was started to be used in 1941. And it sure. means uh, television as a medium. You know, so, okay. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah. You know, a lot of fun things to, to find out about things that we know, like that this. we think we know so much about. You know. Yeah. All right. So next we'll we'll go to tele telephone. Okay. So yeah, who invented the telephone? Okay. See, I, I wonder if this is a trick question. I think it's Alexander Graham Bell, but is it is is it just the uh, see the guy who just made the first call? No, he's actually the first guy who was granted a patent for it. Uh, granted a patent for it. Okay. Yeah, but there was is apparently it, it Edison or is it a Tesla? long list. No, it was there's there's a list of a whole bunch of people here. Uh, Charles Bourseau, Antonio Meucci. Johann Philip Reis, uh, Bell, Alicia Gray. So th there's huh. a lot of controversy as to who actually created the first telephone, which which is great because sure. it means that you have these these uh, was it six six different people or five different people that around the world were creating pretty much the same thing. Yeah. All because well, they saw a need. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But he was the first one who got a patent, and that's why he's he's mostly known for it. In March 1876. Yeah. 
So, no, I, I, I just love that idea. You know, I, I always thought it was Alexander Graham Bell. And, you know, when doing research, you find out that, wow, there are four other people that also created something very simple, similar. Yeah. Well, it's, and it's always the guy who with the, you know, he's got the better story. And that's and that's why we why we hear that one. That's yeah. true. That's true. Also. So then we, we have the whole idea of a full bar. Now, I, I, yeah. I wasn't going to look that up because there isn't really much to look up here, you know, like because <laughs> sure. I don't think there's a standard of what you're going to find in a full bar. In the, in the back of a no. limo. I don't think I could do, you know, even, even in, on the internet, I'm not going to be able to, you know, type in full bar and I'll, I'll get a list of, okay, this is what you're going to have in a full bar on a limo in 1988. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I just, I just Googled it just to see what would pop up. Uh, limo, the limo bar, what should you get in it? Uh, oh yeah. Stocked with all sorts of drinks. Yeah. Nothing in particular. Exactly. Although some say full sized bar. I, so I, I'm imagining, so what, when he describes it, because I don't think we well, – no, we see him later, not to jump too far, but don't we see him later drinking little mini bottles? I believe so, yes. I think, I think we do because I'm imagining at first until I just said that. I was imagining you know that, that nice crystal decanter you know, because this is Nakatomi, right? They're, right. They're, no, they're but fancy. it's not Nakatomi because it's Nakatomi is renting it, but it's not – He's renting it. Yeah, they hired him. Point. He's not uh, that. So – yeah. And then we the last one we get is VHS. Oh yeah. Which is a do you know what VHS stands for? Video home system. This one I know. Yeah, that one. See, that, sure. that I didn't know. I've I I, I was a yeah. big fan of VHS videos uh, you know as a kid and I didn't I didn't remember that it was called a video home system. Yep. Right? It was the uh, standard for for consumer level analog video recording on tape cassettes. Okay. Yep. Do you know when those they started? The the word VHS or the invention no, of the they, magnetic tape? No, when they started using magnetic tape. That's 50s, I know for sure. Excellent. Wow, uh, Tyler. You're, you're great here. 50, Seriously. No, the 50s. I, it says here the 50s. Like a weird thing. 50, it says the 50s. Oh, yeah. I was going to say 56 was my number, but yeah. Yeah, no, I, that I don't have. It just says the 50s that started. And then it started entering home use in the 70s. So, yeah, and 77 is the, is the year. I was pretty sure for that one too, but – um, because yeah. I always thought, wasn't it the, the one that really exploded VHS? I think it was, was Star Trek II: the wrath of Khan. Um, if I, or something like that, I, it, it, that's an important one for some reason. I don't remember why, but right. that, that I don't remember. I remember that in 82, my parents rented a VCR for like a week. Oh yeah. So that, and they, they rented yeah. like 20 movies for us to sit down and watch, yeah. you know, I got to see some, some great classics at the time. That, that to this day are still some of my favorite movies, even though they're not that great. You know, like the the Legend oh, of, of the Lone Ranger, I love. You know, the the Clinton Spils, Spilsbury version of it. You know, sure. And uh, what other movie? The Frisco Kid, I remember seeing then, and My Fair Lady. Yeah, they yeah. had, you know, there's there's a whole bunch oh, of stuff yeah. that I that I got to see back then. So, and obviously, you know about the the big war in the '80s between the two formats, between VHS and yeah, Betamax. Betamax. Yeah. Yeah, which actually I don't think I don't think I've ever seen a Betamax. I, I assume it looks a little bit like a VHS, but I don't think I've ever seen they one were myself. Smaller. I've seen laser discs. They were smaller. Were they smaller? They were smaller. Okay. That that's what it came down to. And obviously they're kind of like eight track and, and, and cassettes and things like that too. It, well it's not as small as an eight track. But it is smaller oh, okay, than a VHS. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And uh right. So, you know, he, he throws out all these different things and they're they're continuing. Yeah. And then he goes, well, if your friend's hot to trot, I know a few mama bears we can hook up with. Now, this is <laughs> way too forward. 
Okay, he that doesn't know very, anything. Very you know, yeah. he's sitting. He's basically. I mean, I looked up what what the term hot trot means. Did do you know what the do you, do you know what that term means? Uh, well, I assume it's I assume it's it's sexual in nature, but I I it's don't know. Completely I mean, sexual in nature. It's it's someone who's yeah. very eager to have sex. You know, yeah, I, and, I assume. You know, the two of them are sitting in this in this limo, let's say for ten minutes or something like that, and yeah, and you know, he's trying to pimp him out. You know, it's like. <laughs> It's so weird. It's one of those. But but what it does do is let us see Bruce Willis's reaction, and then he realizes, oh, is he married? Yeah, exactly. I, I, it, so it's that awkwardness of Argyle that I love that makes him ask that question and then even go, oh, is he married? Or uh, no, he says, or, or, is he or is he or is he married? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but so again, it makes I, you wonder: Is he doing that on purpose? Is he is he trying to get him to open up by this weird question or not? I don't know. But part of the whole thing that, that gets me is he says, um, "I know a few mama bears we can hook up with." So not sure. only is he he's not just saying I can find a, a girl for you if that's what you want. He's saying I can find girls for us. Let's let's go party, man. <laughs> We're gonna go. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so weird. It's like it's like you forgot that he's driving the limo that he's not. He didn't rent it for himself. But, exactly. You know. I don't know. It's just uh, you know. <laughs> and then at, at this point, you know, you see Argyle first of all cracks himself up with everything he says. He's just laughing yes. at everything yes. that he says. And then he goes, "Or is he married?" And then John he's responds, married. "He's married." And he goes, "Okay." <laughs> and then at this point, John okay. is sort of trying to change the subject. You know, and and, yep. and then he like you see him being disturbed by all these different like papers around him. Is it is it a map? Is it a food wrapping? Is it something? You know, we're not yep. really sure. No, they don't they don't completely say what they don't show us what it is. We just no, see, I, see I these type of papers. That. Yeah, and I mean, first of all, it's just really funny the way that 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 he says that. You know, and then you know, and then. His, our girl's response to this is, uh, oh, sorry about that. It's the girl's day off. I didn't know you were going to sit up front. So yep. do you think so – I, I didn't think he said girl. Until I saw the script here, I didn't think he said girl. I thought he said uh, – I thought he said the groom's day off, like like the butler almost is what uh, he was meaning. Okay. So yeah, I actually didn't think about that until I saw this. Right. Now, when, when I look at it and I say to myself, okay, he's saying the girl's day off. Is 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 he trying to be funny here or whatever? Is he basically saying – you know, I usually have someone who I've, I usually have a cleaning lady and she's off. Is that is that what yeah. he's saying here? It, I don't that, know. That's with the, with my interpretation of groom versus versus girl. That that's that holds with me is is you know, it's the it's the ladies the cleaning ladies day off is what he is. Saying right. I, I always assumed before before going through it today and thinking about the fact that maybe he's talking about a cleaning lady that he's basically yeah. was saying that that usually there's a girl who drives. This this limo oh, and I have limo from just her today. That minnow. Oh yeah. You know, and she didn't have a chance to clean up. I, I don't know. Yeah. Don't that know. would actually make some sense. Yeah. Yep. And then he he continues with his uh, you know conversation. Now first of all, he goes, I didn't I didn't know that you were going to sit up front. So does that really matter? You know, you're supposed to no. have a clean workspace anyway. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a limo. It's a, it's a limo, man. Like it's supposed to be nice. What if what if it was Mr. Nakatomi, you know, whatever. Exactly. It's it's the Mr. Takagi. Yeah. Mr. Takagi. Mr. Takagi. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And and then he says, "So, does your lady live out here?" You know, again, you feel the nervousness in Argyle. Yes. He he yeah. he's trying to change, you know, the two of them throughout this whole conversation, they keep each of them reach 
uncomfortable points and are trying to yeah. change things a little bit, you know, yes. trying to to make things a little more comfortable, you know, about the whole thing. Yeah. So he goes, so you lady live up live out here? And he goes, about the past six months. And he goes, yeah. Meaning you still live in New York. <laughs> and then, you know, oh, yeah. John gets a little little uncomfortable with this and goes, she always asks this many questions, Argyle. And then Argyle laughs and goes, sorry, man, I used to drive a cab and people would expect a little chit chat. Now, first <laughs> of all, I don't know if that's true. Would you? Would I don't you? Know. Not, in, not in L.A. I, I don't think in L.A. Because not anywhere. Maybe in New York. I but... don't know. I don't know. You get in the cab. You don't. I, at least me personally, I, I'm not there to talk to a stranger. You know, should tell them about my life. Either. Well, you know, what's yep. what's ex- ex- expected? I just find it really yeah. funny that, that that he says that. Yeah. Oh, that's my my experience as well. I I am in a cab. Uh, which I which I rarely use in the U.S. because cabs are so expensive. But but again, I've lived overseas for a while, and cabs are usually cheaper. And and so I, uh, at least where I lived, and uh, I will say that was my attitude. That was rarely that was rarely my driver's attitude. They wanted to talk like crazy. Um, and I, and and usually uh, usually a my my poor language uh, skills uh, didn't didn't help too often. So it was actually more of an embarrassment for me to talk. Well, then they would uh, probably try and talk to you in English, wouldn't they? Oh, English, English. Yeah, and oh yeah, and usually between the two of us, my my broken it was Indonesia usually, uh, you know, some other countries too, but my broken Indonesian, their broken English, we got something done, but uh, but yeah, half the time I was kind of just like, please, I just it's too embarrassing, I'm really bad at it, please, please don't, but yeah, it's fine. Seriously, so I mean, one of the first things is is that how does Argyle know that he's from that that he came from New York? You know, John didn't mention anything about New York. Because Argyle is sent oh, to true. go to go pick him up at the airport, and he's picking him up at the baggage claim. You know, he doesn't. It, it's not like he needs to be at the gate by saying, "Okay, there's a guy coming in from New York." I guess right. theoretically, they could say he this could is know. the flight number, so that yeah. you can check to see when you need to be at the airport. That that's the yeah. only thing I could think of about about well, which, why they would have that. Yeah, which which uh, which baggage claim he would be at? Uh, right. You know, he, he's at Belt Three or whatever it is. Right. Um, although it seems like. Is John John doesn't am I am I forgetting? Does John go to the to the actual belt and pick up no, a bag? No, we don't see we don't see him pick up a bag. We see him we see him walking so. near the the baggage uh the the, the turntables, but uh, we don't see him pick up any bag. Yeah. We'll we'll have to wait two so. years for for him to get on the <laughs> yeah, uh, conveyor while. belt on that one. But yeah. you know, I I think that if John would have sit in the back, he would have avoided this third degree. You know, <laughs> he could just like, yeah, why, so why pick up the he... phone and pretend. You know. But again, it's it's for yeah. us. This is this is all for it us. Is. There's there's no it's question like about great that. Exposition. Yeah. yeah. And then we we get a shot of the LA skyline, and you see yes. the Nakatomi building really see standing it for the out. First time. Yeah, you see it yep. for the first time, and it stands out. You know, and then he continues to to get his questions even more and more personal. Personal. He says, "So you divorced?" And his response, John's response is, Just "Drive the car, man." Drive the car, man. Yeah. He goes, hey, come on. You divorced? You separated? She beat you up. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one, too. Yep. You I, know, he's, he's think... really getting way too personal here. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he's pressing. Like, just drive the car, man. You know, like, he's pressing. He's like, no, come on. Let's talk about it. Because this this idea that, that he's the – 
that that um, John McClane is the uh, the passenger and he's the driver and they should have this you know this partition between them is is gone and and frankly that's John's fault for sitting and yeah, for sitting in the front he, and and so I feel like yeah let's he's just poking him and letting it happen and I think again it's for us as much as anything else but it is. It's great. Yeah. It's, it's such a good interaction. Exactly. Um, and it lets us it lets us get that other tension of the movie set up that we don't even know is about to happen yet because, you know, we are minutes away from from uh, Hans and his his friends coming in. Um, so at the moment, the only tension that we have um, is is John and Holly and and what is their relationship going to be like? And uh right. And it, and it's played very nicely. It's built up nicely here. There's that separation. Why is he still, you know, because you know, at first, if we're not if we're not paying close enough attention, do we know? We we don't know. Is he coming home? Is he, you know, is he coming home to LA and seeing his wife? Is he visiting? You know, of course he says, I don't think he says I'm a New York City cop earlier on. I think he just says I'm a cop. I've been doing this for nine years. So yeah. we don't know all of that stuff until. Until of course, well, I guess he gets the sign, and so he we know that he's he's visiting. But other than that, I like it's it's this is the way to do exposition in a film is, yeah. is have it be part of a conversation and and to bring us in and and for us to, um, yeah, to uh, for us to be taken right right on the ride with these guys. Right. So, you have anything else you want to say about this minute before we get into the script and the the the, the novel? The the only thing is, and again, maybe this is one of those things where I've watched this movie so many times, so I know the importance of it there. But that that L.A. Uh, skyline shot that you mentioned with just Nakatomi Plaza looming uh, in front of us, it's 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 fate filled. You know, it's it's we don't know the reasons for it at the moment, but you just get the sense this is where we're going to be for the entire movie and we are going to be from top to bottom of it. And uh, and it's it's just kind of looming fate like, uh, you know, uh in his vision uh it is hazy which i'll talk about more i think in the next couple of minutes yeah. but uh in the in the hazy la light that yeah. we have there it's great <laughs> it really is so the the script has a, a few discrepancies here so the first one when when john meets up with argyle he he says to him don't you take this stuff meaning you know he's supposed to take his bags <laughs> and argyle's oh. response is do i I'm sorry. You're going to have to help me, man. This is my first time driving a limo. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's Argo getting out of work is what that is. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. The the script also mentions that, that uh, you know, it focuses heavily on the Lincoln emblem on the, the limo. Mm -hmm. totally. And before Argo says, relax, man, he goes, just kick back and relax. Sure. You know, and, uh, Okay, then there's the point with the with the with the wrapping paper or whatever it is. Okay. So it says uh, McLean tries to get comfortable, scowls at a rustling noise, reveals wrappers and styrofoam from Taco Bell, and he <laughs> scowls at Argyle. So you see, you were trying to find the the brand. You just had to read it in the script. I was. <laughs> the script yeah. mentions it. And after Argyle keeps drilling him for questions, so McLean says to him, "You're nosy. You know that Argyle?" <laughs> and he goes, "Hey, I'm sorry." When I was a cab driver, see, people expected a little chit chat, a little eccentricity and camaraderie. I, even even more things I disagree with about that. But and then he goes, "I forgot how stuck up you limo guys were, so excuse me." <laughs> oh wow, wow. So I'm I'm, I'm, I'm happy I'm, they didn't go there. I'm happy that's more relational yeah. and, and and friendly. Yeah, completely, completely. And so that's what we got in the script and in the the novel. So the our, I guess you can call him Argyle, the limo driver. Sure. And and uh, Leland, 
have a conversation about Christmas Eve. You know, so he goes, so what are you going to do for, for Christmas Eve? And he says, I'm thinking we're going to watch a, a whole lot of TV. My boy built my boy built me one of those big screen sets, you know, with the projector. Is he in electronics? No. Oh, wow. This is his, this is my younger boy. He's just 21. He's an actor, but he's really good with his hands. He got an ordinary TV, a lens, and a screen, and there I am. <laughs> cool. This is four feet across. It's just like a movie. You know, the Rams will look big in defeat this year. I'll tell <laughs> you, the old world is turning into something else. So, again, it, it's just added, you know, it gives us a little bit more of a perspective of who this character is. Very sure. different than the Argyle we know from the movie. No question Way about that. Very different. Very different. Yeah. Yeah. Argyle's not watching the Rams that night. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Because <laughs> he's he's hot to trot. <laughs> he is hot to trot. Oh shoot. That's right. And he's about to consume most of the minibar. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. The full bar. My boss thinks I'm on my way to Las Vegas. <laughs> That's right. All right. So every Tuesday we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track Holiday Edition. So, Tyler, you got a uh, nice holiday story for us? Well, uh, this is this is about when I was 16 or so. And this, this is Christmas. Uh, this one's a Christmas one. Uh, we – so we, we had family coming and driving. So I, I was in – right around then I was in Ohio. I was living in Cincinnati. And uh, we had family driving in from Toledo. My grandparents had flown in and, and uh, it was just – it was going to be a nice full house for, for Christmas. Um, and my – you know, I think I was, I must've been older than this. I think I was in college now that I think about it. Uh, I wasn't able to, I wasn't able to drink, but, um, my, my grandma and grandpa came over and they, they always liked their Christmas cocktails. They were really you know, big on, on, Ooh, we're going to have this fancy new Chris, uh, this new Christmas cocktail. And so grandma, um, went out and my parents, you know, weren't, they, they like wine, but they, they weren't really drinking anything else. And so grandma went out and bought a really nice, um, it wasn't. I probably was not real crystal, but it just a glass, a glass cocktail set with a, a glass shaker and and uh, everything like that, um, uh, tumblers and everything. Um, and she says, "I'm going to make a. Um, it's going to be a, a a chocolate peppermint martini. I think is what it was." Um, and she was very excited for this. It was awesome. And and you know they were gonna they were gonna let me have a little a little sip of it. And I was very excited about that. Um, my college eighteen year old self or whatever I was. Um, so they get it. Uh, my my cousin uh, is one of the families that drove in from from Toledo, Ohio. Uh, she was I want to say she was 14, maybe um, grandma is helping, you know, saying, hey, you know, Erica, can you come come help me with this? And and they're they're mixing the drink and they're putting it into the shaker and they're you know putting the top onto the shaker. But it's glass. And so my cousin starts shaking it for her and the glass shatters in her hand. Uh, you, you slices her all up and she was a, a, a phenomenal piano player. And so uh, that's basically how grandma and my, my cousin and, and their, uh, and their kids all spent the, the uh, Christmas Eve in the ER. Um, it was a thrilling, thrilling time for all of them. And now she's a nurse. I mean, apparently it was no lasting damage to her hands, but just uh, I just remember cleaning up, a, a lot of blood and uh and Whoa. uh and liquor <laughs> from the from the ground at Christmas Eve. Okay. Sounds 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 like fun thinking back, but not 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 having yeah. been there. <laughs> no. Exactly. No. All right. So you want to tell people once again how they can get in touch with you? Yep. I'm on Twitter at Tyler Howitt. I'm on Facebook as well, uh but again really not posting there too often. I'm on I'm on Instagram as well with that Tyler Howitt. Uh and the Couch Potato Philosophy podcast will have 
Twitter and Instagram handles eventually, but we just don't at the moment. So just do search for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just search them. for them. You we'll, you'll find us. You'll find it. Exactly. It, and finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for a movie Rob minute. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook and you can go to our website. So Tyler, if you like coming back again tomorrow and, uh, you know, continue our conversation with, with, uh, John and Argyle, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll get some music around or stuff like that. Oh, yes, we will. And I can't wait. All right. So until then, yippee-ki-yay. Yippee-ki-yay. Yippee-ki-yay.